The Beers and Ears podcast is sponsored by Riss and Cal. This holiday season in your search for stocking stuffers, you don't have to be like the Mad Titan, scouring the universe to collect all six stones. Instead, find all the tech accessories you need for your friends and family in one place. Whether it's wireless neck fans for those warm days at the studios, or a waterproof case for when you're searching for that wandering rabbit, they've got an entire assortment. When you go to fourfrills.com shop, that's the number four, P-H-R-I-L-L-S dot com slash shop. Select your items and then use coupon code BEERS, B-E-E-R-S at checkout. You'll get 15% off your purchase. Don't forget that proceeds of the purchase go to help nonprofits and a portion of the proceeds help to support the Beers and Ears podcast as well. So head on over to fourfrills.com and use that promo code today to get a jump start on your holiday shopping. Let's start the show. I'm here to talk to you about the Avenger Initiative. There was an idea to bring together 23 episodes of a podcast about the Marvel Cinematic Universe so that when we needed it, we were ready for the premiere of Black Widow. This is That Podcast. And now for your hosts of the Beers and Ears Podcast, here's Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. My name is Casey. And I'm Matt. Welcome again to another day of our Infinity Saga series. Day five, and we are reviewing The Incredible Hulk. Um, This is going to be an interesting episode. As I said yesterday, I had never seen this movie until I watched it in preparation for today's episode. Uh, I had seen Ang Lee's Hulk, uh, Hulk back in 2000 and I think it was three when it came out. Oof, um, I'm sorry. Critically, critically panned. Um, uh, critically panned at the same time, there were some nice spots to it, but that was, I, w- I will be very honest with you, that was my first introduction to Hulk anything. I had never seen anything Hulk. I had never seen the TV series. I had never read the comics, nothing. So Ang Lee's Hulk was my first Hulk. Uh, so uh, interesting. So yeah, we're reviewing The Incredible Hulk with Edward Norton. So Matt, let's get going on this. I, the first thing we like to ask, overall impressions. I have to say first, interesting fact about this movie. This is the first movie I saw by myself in a theater. I couldn't find anyone to go with me. And so I was like, well, I want to see it. And so I saw it by myself. Okay. And see, that would have been, what, 12 years ago? Because that was 2008, right? 2009. So, yeah, okay. So you would have been like, you know, 18, 19-year-old Matt. All right. All right. Very good. Just went out by myself. Um, So overall impression, this is definitely the oddball of the mcu and this was in terms of release order this was the second one released yep and so this is very much the infant stages of the mcu yep but it is this it's odd because there's only one character actor like actual actor that gets carried over the other films and that's general ross otherwise everyone else is new and replaced um it is interesting that none of the characters end up 
reprising any kind of role other than than general ross you know whether it's it's elizabeth whether it's mr blue who ends up being i think he's a, a famous villain of the hulk I'm, whose name is escaping me at the moment but you know so they, they did leave a lot of loose threads for the potential later on to to use the hulk but i think that the the disappointment at the box office made them very hesitant to want to continue you know so i'm glad you brought that up because i found an interesting loose end so it's dr samuel stern is yes. is the the doctor that essentially what happens is he's he injects abomination with uh, blonsky abomination with the hulk's blood and he transforms and he attacks mr blue dr stern and he falls and you see this cut and it and it gets the blood gets into his brain so he is a villain called the leader Yep. And I thought the same thing that you did. I was like, what a loose end that they could somehow bring back in. Well, actually, they've already tied up this loose end. Oh. Yes, I. this is brand new to me. But there is a comic series tie-in, an MCU comic series tie-in called Fury's Big Week, which, I'll be honest, I hate that title. It sounds like the fifth grade book that you'd right? read. With like, Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> Fury's big week. He did all his homework, and then uh, yeah, like it's it's um, like so whatever the title is. Eh. But so during the comic book arc follows the timeline where you know all these movies that we're going through right now all happen about the same time. Mm-hmm. You're looking at Iron Man two. You're looking at Hulk. You're looking at Thor. And so it chronicles kind of the behind the scenes of how they're managing this. And what actually happens with Dr. Stern is Black Widow is assigned to tail the Hulk and ends up finding Dr. Stern right after this all happens. And he's delirious and and spouting all this, um, oh, wow, my mind is, incre- is, is expanding and everything. And she shoots him in the knee and she captures him and he's now being held at S.H.I.E.L.D. Interesting. It's almost like a, a, a really bad retcon, but it does tie the loose end up, you know? Yeah, it does tie it in. And the other one that actually is not so much a loose end, but Ty Burrell's character, um, Samson, um, is actually a character in the comics, Doc Samson, who becomes a Hulk-like figure when he is uh, exposed to gamma radiation. So he's not as much of a loose end, but that's an interesting comic tie-in of like, oh, that's another character that's in this movie that d- nothing happens with it. I, I think you're right. This is the oddball. I did. I remember I texted you about middle of the way through as I was watching this and said, oh, I am bored out of my mind. Um, it, it's, it's, it feels so disjointed from what, from what they're trying to accomplish. And like you said, chronolo- or, uh, in terms of release date, this is number two. So even the scene with Tony coming in to talk to uh, Ross at the end feels off because chronologically it makes sense. We've watched Iron Man two already. So Fury's already talked to him about, about the team has gone to a little bit more detail and said, we're going to use you as a consultant, but to bring Stark in, if that Iron Man two was not in existence yet, which again, this was released and it had not been in existence yet. It, makes no sense because Fury says I'm here to talk to you about the Avengers initiatives, but you don't know anything more about it at that point. So it just feels very disjointed to me. 
I will say, though, I know we have a tendency to say who was our favorite character. I will tell you that the the shining star of the entire movie, in my opinion, was Tim Roth's Blonsky. I think that he yes. played an amazing, amazing villain um, who doesn't start off to be a villain. Right. He, he's not a villain. He, when he first gets called up, he's black ops. He's, you know, private, private mercenary. You know, he's brought in. He sees that he's not a match for the Hulk. Um, I love Tim Roth. You know what Tim Roth, uh, right around this time, you know what he was actually starring in, which is one of the reasons why I think that he was brought in to be the villain in this movie. He was in a TV show, right? He was. He was in a TV show that was one of the best TV shows on air. It was called Lie to Me. And he was a human lie detector. And that was my first introduction to Tim Roth. And I think he was phenomenal in that. So to see him in this, I saw a lot of parallels. And I, I just, I think that, you know, I know Ross, quote unquote, is the villain of the movie. But I think that Tim Roth, in a lot of ways, is that anti-hero that that you're 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 not sure if you're rooting for the Hulk. You're not sure if you're it's a, I think that's what makes this movie so weird is you don't know who you're rooting for, you know, because the Hulk's kind of the villain in some ways. Right. He's killed some people. Right. You know, it's it, I don't know. It's a really weird movie that leaves me feeling really weird emotions. <laughs> yeah. And I think the fun of a Hulk movie or anything. So there was a there's a video game, a Hulk video game on GameCube. And literally, the game was just smashing stuff. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and so I guess some of what I want in a Hulk movie, I don't want to watch Bruce Banner try to do yoga to keep his heart rate under 200. Like, that's not exciting. Um, I want to see the big battles. And that's where I think the ending is really the shining moment of this, where you've got in the streets hulk versus abomination going at it they're they're using the landscape to pick things up and smash each other and hit each other and that's what you want in a hulk movie maybe smash a few things along the way I think it's gratuitous, but whatever. Not as much of like the, I I get that this, it wouldn't be that great of a movie either if it was just two hours of the Hulk smashing things. But also I felt like the balance of I'm on the run and I'm trying to find a cure sciencey stuff and I'm the Hulk, let's smash was just off a little bit. See, where I'm the opposite. I found the action sequences the most boring. I, I've never been a fan of the brute force aspect of the Hulk. That's why he is my least favorite character. I've never liked him. I, you know, if you guys think back, we did a a, a top 10 MCU episode way back in the spring. The Hulk didn't make our list. Neither of us at all. And I think there's a reason for that. He's just, for me, he is not a favorite character. He's, he's, He's too much brute force. What I will say is in the newer movies where he becomes Professor Hulk, right? He becomes the, you know, he's he's Banner and Hulk. I like that character. I want to see a movie about that character. I don't like Dumb Hulk. I don't like Hulk Smash Hulk. I don't like that Hulk. I did enjoy the whole aspect of the way that he tried to figure out a way to keep his heart rate down, right? You know, when him and Elizabeth are about ready to 
you know what and he's like oh i can't get too excited i thought that was a funny part i thought that was kind of hilarious actually and you know when he cuts himself and the blood drops down in the bottle and he's so freaked out i like those parts i think part of it was a little bit of a scavenger hunt for me to try to look for moments of mark ruffalo and edward norton to see if mark ruffalo tried to copy some of the mannerisms that edward norton made in the movie to carry over later on and i saw some mannerisms in the way that his glasses how, how he would have his glasses on his face and in certain things you know needless to say they both play the character a little bit differently but mark ruffalo does a pretty good job of replicating how edward norton played the character yeah um, I, would agree I, I enjoy i personally enjoy hulk as the as banner not hulk as hulk hmm yeah, see, yeah. I, I think people who are Hulk fans want to see the Hulk smash. And yeah. and I think, you know, throughout the MCU, and we'll get to more of these movies, so I don't want to exhaust the discussion here, but they, they do a good job of making Hulk a really nice side character because really since this movie and since Ruffalo took over the role, there's been this hemming and hawing of, are we doing a standalone Hulk film? Are we not? <laughs> and I mean, from what, from what I gather, a lot of it, there's a lot of rights problems where Universal owns um, some of the ride rights and, and they own some of the film rights. And so they get first dibs and like there, there's a lot of stuff that, that goes into that. But I, I think they, the MCU has done a nice job of making him a side character. And, and maybe that that's your problem is, is you just didn't like a movie where he was the main focus. Whereas something yeah. like Thor Ragnarok, where he isn't the main focus, maybe he shines a little bit more. That's how it feels. <laughs> I'm just a huge fan of this course. <laughs> I just I don't necessarily know if you can make Hulk and maybe that's the problem I mean if you look at the two attempts to do the movie he, he's just not a he, he's a hard one to make a star if you will there's some great storylines out there um, one of them being kind of what they do I'm now making this into a Thor Ragnarok episode which we'll get to but essentially there, there's an Illuminati in the in in the Marvel Universe in the comics where it's like made up of Tony Stark, Doctor Strange, Reed Richards, um, Black Bolt, um, who is an inhuman. That's they're, they're just really smart people. And essentially what they do is they trick the Hulk into putting himself into exile. Mm-hmm. And he gets stranded on this planet. Yeah, and, it's the Planet Hulk series. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he becomes... A, a, Which a, is a lot that, of what Thor Ragnarok is based off of. Yeah, but I, I think that was kind of what people were hoping was going to be the next standalone Hulk film. And again, they yeah. kind of backdoored it with um, with Ragnarok. But I, I think I think you can do a movie with Hulk as the main character. I just think this movie was the anytime you change an actor is it's just hard. It's hard to then make this movie be like hey and this movie's the mcu too guys remember this one when mark ruffalo is now so paired with that role yeah i think that i think that they could probably do it now see i think with and this is where 
I don't even necessarily know if you would know it in the moment. You just, it happens and you have to run with it. I think Hulk is one of those characters where a standalone movie in an origin story about the Hulk is just so hard to tell, which is why Ang Lee's movie didn't turn out so well. I read some stuff on this movie. That whole sequence in the beginning where you're seeing him become the Hulk, they shot, that was 45 minutes worth of footage that they pared down to three minutes. And, and, and they, the re, and that was actually one of the contributions that Edward Norton had as a, as a writer on the movie was like, look, nobody wants to wait 35, 40 minutes to see their, their character come. They want to see the Hulk Hulk out within the first 15 minutes. Right. And so that's been one of my criticisms of not the current MCU Spider-Man movies, but the past Spider-Man movies where it's like, okay, yep, we, we get it. Great power, great responsibility. Let's, let's do the Spider-Man now. Yeah. Well, and, and so I think that with this particular character, you could, you could have, and again, the toothpaste is out of the bottle at this point, so it is what it is, but you could have just, the Hulk could have been brought into the Avengers without his own standalone movie to start. And it could have just been, we've got this other guy over here. Every Marvel, every, every Marvel fan, every comic book fan, even layperson would know who he is. You wouldn't need an explanation of how he got there. He could just be part of it. He could start to become part of the universe. And then once you've established him, maybe you go back and do an origin story for him or you do your own storyline. Right. And again, Back then, you wouldn't have known that. Back then, they were just trying to work with whatever properties they could that the general audience might respond to. And I think the Hulk was chosen partly because uh, he was known from the 1970s TV series, right? So, again, I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth, but I think it's just, he's just, it's a hard character because he doesn't speak when he is the Hulk. Like you want, you know, like you said, the average person wants the Hulk to Hulk out, but when he Hulks out, he doesn't talk. He doesn't show emotion other than rage. You can't relate to him all that much. He's it's all it's just it's a monster. And then when he's Banner, he's not hulking out. So a lot of people are gonna you know find that annoying and boring and want to move forward to it. So it's just this really weird juxtaposition of it's hard to have him on screen until you get to know him as a person or as a character. To your, to your point, this could be a movie that you just skip. You could skip this movie. Yeah and not be confused about what's going on. Like if, if you come into Iron Man 2, you're like, okay, wait a minute. What's going on? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I'm evidence of it. I had never seen the movie yet. I've seen every other Marvel Cinematic Universe movie except for Hulk. I am now and officially... And this episode going, oh, so this is General Ross's origin. Man, I was really, yeah. really wanting to know where he came from. Nope, not at all. And And it's and like I think you made the point earlier it's hard anytime you switch an actor to then try to shoehorn a movie back in and say hey don't forget this is part of the this you know universe right you know you can do it with a side character and you know Rhodey we talked about a couple of days ago or yesterday you know Rhodey that happens with but you know he was a side character now he later becomes a major player later on but Hulk is a major player from the start and the other thing is hard too is that his look changes, right? Yeah. He goes from that that darker green to that more fluorescent green that we see in Avengers. You know, his haircut changes. Uh, even his 
demeanor changes. He's I think in the Incredible Hulk, he's more rage filled. Where when you get yeah, into the Avengers, he doesn't seem to be as rage filled. He's he's I think by the time we get to the Avengers, and, and I think Avengers because that's the one we're doing. No, we're doing that one in two days. The Avengers by that point is Disney owned, so it's yeah. more kid friendly. And I think they try to sanitize the Hulk a little bit. I think this is, I mean, comparatively, this is in your bottom tier of MCU movies. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But I I think it also speaks volumes that I wouldn't necessarily say this is an overall bad movie, like just by itself, not, you know, we're looking at a lot of stuff in the context of the MCU and that's where a lot of our criticisms come. But if this was just a Hulk movie, I, I'm I'm not I, I'm I think my my reviews of it are probably mostly positive. I, I'm not giving it a nine ten out of ten, but I'd be like, yeah, this is a you know five point five to six out of ten movie. I it, it's it's got enjoyable parts to it. I, I think, and I think that maybe that's where the writing started. You know, when you think about the movie started to be written. For everything I read, the director of this movie wanted to direct Iron Man. They had given that to Favreau, so they offered this to him instead. When they originally started to write this, they intended it to be not a sequel, not a reboot. They called it a requel. (laughs) In other words, it was a reboot sequel. They wanted to build a little bit on what Ang Lee did with the origin story, but then be able to continue forward with actual, you know, meaning, right? And then as they kind of got through it, they said, well, that's not going to work because now we're going to try to put this cinematic universe together. So we got to make it its own thing. So we got to tell the origin, but no one wants to sit through 40 minutes of origin. So, you know, Edward Norton comes in, kind of rewrites some of it. He wasn't happy with the final cut of the movie, which is why he ended up deciding not to play the Hulk anymore and did no promotions for it. But I think that's, you're right. If this was its own little standalone movie, it would be, you know, I think it's a decent movie. It's not my favorite. I I won't watch it again. (laughs) Um, You know, because I think Mark Ruffalo does a better Edward Norton, in my opinion. Or I'm sorry, Edward Norton. Mark Ruffalo does a better Hulk, in my opinion, than Edward Norton. And I love Edward Norton. In Fight Club, he's genius. But I don't think... I don't think he plays this role poorly. I just think Mark no, Ruffalo plays it writer. Yeah, I think it's like, you know, you have a really good burger in front of you and you have steak in front of you. Well, I want the steak, even though the burger tastes really good. You know, that, that's kind of how I'm liking it here. But yeah, I, overall, I agree with you. I think, I think a five, I think a five would probably be worth like this movie. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, like, it's, it, fine. It, it, it's fine. Yeah. Yep. So uh, it's closing time, sir. Any other final thoughts before we wrap up? keep joining back with us we're loving this journey um email us beers and ears 1928 at gmail.com uh find us on twitter and instagram we're putting out daily content uh, we're gonna be doing some polls and other stuff like that um uh so beers ears 1928 get on our facebook group beers and ears podcast um let us know how you're enjoying it talk to us we we love hearing from you all it's one of the favorite things about doing this podcast and what's tomorrow casey i've off top hand i forget it thor tomorrow is thor so we get to see the thunder god uh one of my absolute favorite characters of the mcu so uh definitely watch that be prepared for that episode to drop tomorrow and then upcoming after that we finally are assembling the avengers uh the first avengers so i know it's crazy so phase one almost complete have a great day guys see you tomorrow